Today on this episode of Going Deeper, we're jumping into our fourth official season of the podcast with the 100 essential readings of Jesus. We start off with the first five today, telling us and asking the question, who is Jesus? I'm your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Doug DeGraffen-Reed. And I'm Luke Madden. So join us as we go deeper. Welcome to the new season. I think this is our fourth season now of this Going Deeper podcast where we are reading through the essential 100 passages of scripture related to Jesus. And today, yes, we are going to be bringing in a lot of new faces, so you can look forward to that. Uh, Before we get started, though, I want to let you know that we've got... These, just like when we did E100, we've got these punch cards that you can get. They're going to be in our church if you're in the building with us on Sunday mornings, or you can order these from Scripture Union. You can also find this book, which is the study guide, companion guide for this whole reading that we're going to be doing. You can find that at Scripture Union as well. We'll put links for all these things in the description of the podcast and the video. You might also know, you might not be able to see it right now, but I'm going to lower my iPad there. But I've got a new, you may have seen some of us walking around campus over the past few months with this awesome t-shirt on that says Trinity Live Deeper Reach Wider. I want to let you know that, yes, you can also purchase one of these t-shirts. And the fun thing about when you buy one of these Trinity t-shirts is the proceeds that we get from this go straight into our outreach budget. So when you purchase a t-shirt, not only does it say Trinity on the front, but our outreach budget goes to help people in our community. And on the back of this shirt, what you can't see is it says hashtag for Rustin, because we want people to know that the mission and the ministry that we do here is for the people of Rustin. So we are for Rustin. But with that, I think I've been talking long enough. So we're just going to jump right in. And Luke, say hi. Howdy. Doug. Hi. A lot of these passages that we are reading this week should be fairly familiar to most of us. If you've read through much of the New Testament at all before, you will likely have come across these. Uh, But the idea is that who is Jesus? And I'm going to let Doug take it. The essential 100 readings of Jesus start with what are Christological statements of Jesus. These are statements that come out of the theology of the church that um, we don't start with the birth narrative, we start with the cosmic Christ, that Jesus is creator, Jesus is present in every moment, Jesus is the one to whom history is moving uh, and who will bring history to a conclusion. Uh, these are, are great, lofty, uh, in most cases, poetic statements of the deity of Christ. The um, 
one of the things we'll we'll talk about in a lot of these sessions is the um, scandal in the early church was the deity of Christ. He wasn't divine. The scandal for uh, modern uh, Christians is dealing with the humanity of Christ, that he really wasn't human. So we, as we open these scriptures, we'll be looking at um, the person of Jesus, his, his ministry, his message, how he transformed lives. But we start with the knowledge that, um, as John says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. So John starts us off by saying, uh, Jesus has always been there as part of the, the triune God. Uh, Jesus has been present from the beginning. Um it's a very lofty statement and and reflects the gospel of uh, reflects the book of Genesis in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and John's almost making that that echo in the beginning was this this word this the not only the concept of who Jesus is but Jesus himself so we start lofty this first week. You're reading um, theology that uh, is ingrained in all of us. And Paul, I want to turn to Philippians just to prove I can find it uh, without <laughs> Bible markers. <laughs> or an app. Without an app, because <laughs> these, these guys are in the digital world. They, they just type it in. But in, in Philippians and again in Colossians, Paul is writing about this um, this Christ. This um, he was in the form of God, and he did not regard equality with God as something to be exploited. But he emptied himself, taking on the form of a slave, being born in human likeness, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Because of his sacrificial death, therefore God also highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee should bend in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Um, Jesus came down. He was in heaven. He was there with God, and he came down to be one of us. And because he came down, he was exalted. But what I want to say about the Philippians passage you'll read and the Colossians passage you'll read, New Testament scholars speculate, and that's all it is is speculation, but it's interesting that these two passages, Philippians 2, 1 through 11, and then Colossians 1, 15 through 23, were already out in the church culture that Paul is actually quoting and using either hymns or affirmations that were used in worship. So these great statements, um, Paul introduces them to us as he writes his portion of the New Testament, but scholars say maybe they're already out there. And Paul did a little um, Holy Spirit-inspired cut and paste. Why, that's okay, though. If it's Holy Spirit inspired, cut mm-hmm. and paste, we will allow it. Absolutely, okay, yes. that's good. That I don't want to make be, it. I mean, you know, Paul. <laughs> yeah. Paul just made this up, but um, it's a beautiful picture again of the um, uh, divinity of Christ, and um, 
that he always was, even before he came to earth. Mm-hmm. I, as I was reading these passages, one of the things that really struck or stuck in my mind was in that Philippians passage where it's telling us uh, to value others above ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I, I think if there's any perfect statement of the way Jesus operated in, in everything that he did, he always valued the needs of the other, whether that was in the immediate or if he knew that it was better in the long term to take uh, a different approach than what we would, Mm -hmm. because obviously Jesus knows a lot better than we do. And pretty sure. Yeah, I sure. Pretty sure he does. If if I know better than Jesus, then we got a big problem. problem. (laughs) Trouble. Serious problem. But that being said, um, I, I think that's, essential for us to, to see that mode of Jesus's behavior and why we need Jesus in that way so that he can model for us what it really and truly looks like to put others first. Mm-hmm. So based on what you just said, these, these bumper stickers that I see, Jesus is coming back and boy, is he upset. Um, that kind of flies in the face of that, that Jesus is coming back and he's coming back to redeem, to, to gather in those he has redeemed. He's, he's coming back as, um, as the Lord of Lords, but he's coming back in the complete spirit of love. Right. Uh, he, he's, bringing all this to a conclusion, but the character of Jesus is not going to change. That this cosmic Christ is still, he's Jesus. He's just, he's fulfilled it. Colossians has the same kind of of, um, poetry, and, and what is so neat in Colossians is the 17th verse. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Um, Jesus is the glue. He's the glue. And if you think your life is falling apart, perhaps your life is falling apart because that Christ is that missing element. But And it's the glue. It's the glue image that sometimes Christ is that adhesive that allows us to put our lives back together. Yeah. Well, and and it's a it's a notion that I've heard in in sermons from various people over the years. But th- this idea that we were created by Jesus for Jesus, mm-hmm. and it's one of those simple concepts to me. But it is always, I don't know. It that one kind of says, okay, so that helps me put my perspective and my priorities, I guess, more in line than if I start thinking I want to please somebody else before Jesus. I don't know. I, the, I don't know why this sticks out in my head. This is just an association thing for me. But the 
one of my good friends in college was a physics nerd. And uh, he was describing and enlightening me, enlightening me about some of the subatomic, you know, they were dealing with quarks and muons and all these, not just electrons and protons and neutrons, yeah. right? When I was in high smaller. school, we didn't have those. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Nobody knew what those were then. And he said that, and it's just funny how language does this, but they can't figure out how this stuff sticks together. They can't figure out the forces that cause the, the particles to do some of this stuff. And I just, when I read through scripture, and I think that at the end of the day, it is Christ holding all things together that, that at the, even at the most base levels of physics mm -hmm. that I would expect to find him there. Yeah. There's also, and I'm going to say it wrong. I don't have time to look it up while we're sitting here, but there's a, a, a protein in the cell laminin. Yes. That uh -huh. is under the electron microscope looks like a cross mm -hmm. and it is sort of the the protein that that almost holds human yeah. cells together and it's yeah. just I know somebody's probably stretched it and maybe photoshopped right. the electron maybe. microscope but but the notion of Christ being before all things, and in him all things hold together. How can you say everything works together for good for those who love God? Because in Christ everything holds together. How, right. can, how, can, you, um, how can you live in the midst of heartache or tragedy? In Christ all things hold together. How can you have hope in this crazy world in which we live where you, you turn on the news and you just go, oh, no. Mm -hmm. Because in Christ, He's holding all things together. The the wait, you mean the world doesn't save us? No, the world's not going to save us. Oh my gosh! You mean it's it's not? You mean so it is a fallen world? It is a fallen, sinful world, and um, I don't care. I don't care I what political promises are being made. Running. They're not going to save you. It's not. I and not. living out of that, trying to. And it's a leap for all of us. I mean, you know, I, I'm I'm at the point in life, I'm starting to pay attention to my pension funds. I'm starting to look at Social Security. And I'm I'm wondering, will it get me to the end? <laughs> and I think, <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm I'm operate out of a different worldview. And we get so caught up in in being um Human doings. We're we're human beings, but we're human doings that that we never step back and examine our worldview. And I think that's with this e Jesus. These a hundred essential readings. That's what these passages are challenging us: step back and recalculate your worldview, and recalculate um, the equations by which you live. We. Um, we talked a lot about in the fall generosity as we were working on our, our stewardship campaign. And one of the, the things, I, I saw a sermon recently, and um, the thesis of the sermon is we need to practice the generosity of love, that we need to, to love in just an extravagant way. Well, how can you do that? 
He's the glue that holds all things together. Uh, how can you not um, love extravagantly and um, um, be a part of the redemption of this fallen culture? So Philippians and Colossians, uh, really neat. Hebrews, um, the author of Hebrews is going to tell us that God is a God who speaks to us, and he has spoken to us in the person of Jesus Christ. He has spoken to us in a way, in a language. That noise you hear, by the way, is the preacher flipping pages in his Bible. <laughs> One day I'll show you how you do a sword of the Lord drill. <laughs> I've done those before. That'll be in the outtakes. That'll be in the outtakes. So you <laughs> bonus see content. <laughs> Long ago, God spoke to our ancestors in many and very various ways by the prophets, but then in these last days, he has spoken to us, the Greek says, by son, whom he anointed heir of all things, through whom he also created the world. So <clears throat> the writer of Hebrews is telling us it's God's, and it's God's and it's Christ's, and that God wanted to speak to us in a way we would understand. Mm -hmm. And we understand babies, don't we? We do. We understand them. We're not afraid of them. We all approach them. Uh, we know when they're happy. We know when they're sad. We know when they need their mamas. Um, we, we, even if they're not ours... It triggers in us this love mm -hmm. for another human being, for, for God's creation. And I look at these babies now, the ones I'm baptizing, and so many of the ones I'm baptizing will see the year 2100. Yeah, that's cool, man. Mm -hmm. I'm going to touch oh, something golly. that's going to make it to the yeah. next mm -hmm. century. This mm -hmm. is neat. Mm -hmm. um, how did God speak to us? Well, he did the law. He did the prophets. And then he said, I'm going to send my son. And they are going to approach him and understand him, and uh, he's going to reveal me. And what did we find out about God? He's a God of love. Yes, he has commandments. Yes, he has rules, but those commandments and rules are there for our protection. They're there to build a boundary around our lives so that we can know abundant life. So the writer of Hebrews is cool. And then Peter comes and introduces us or reintroduces us to the rock um, that um, Jesus is, he's the rock. And I've got a, a note in my Bible that back to Matthew where Jesus says, you know, I'm the rock. You got two choices with the rock. Um, you can fall on the rock and be broken or the rock can fall on you and be crushed. Mm -hmm. um, so what Peter tells us is you can read this high theology but you can't be neutral about it. You either start living it mm -hmm. or you will see it lived out in in history and some of the things that happened to you. So I'm excited about the next 20 weeks and the, uh, the reading that the church is going to be doing. Um, Chris and I will both be preaching ahead of the readings this year that we will preach one of the, the texts that you will read. Uh, is the sermon, and then um, that's how we're going to do it this year. It's a little bit different than last year. So get your punch card and get your book. That's right. So. Heck yeah.
So, Luke, you've been uh, a little quiet at this point because Doug has kind of taken over, which he's, is really okay. I'm sorry. No, he's, he's, he's you know, the there's, expert. Right? I'm the Padawan learner here. <laughs> I, I, Hardly. I, I, uh, but uh, for those of you who don't know, Luke uh, is the leader and I guess the, the teaching component of our confirmation class, which that is our sixth grade students. Uh, and so that is one of the factors that brought Luke into this seat today. Not only that, but also because Luke and Doug go way back. And we do. Yeah. yeah. Y'all have known each other for a minute. Since I was 12. Yeah. Or maybe younger. So, it's been an honor. It really yeah, it has. has. You, so gr- you growed up good, Luke. Man. <laughs> you did well. You did well. <laughs> for I, me, it's for it's fun to to have this opportunity for you two to now. You're you're both matured in your 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 faith and your knowledge and your understanding of scripture. Uh, and I just I, I love this opportunity that we have to to bring you in specifically. Uh, because one, I want the the parents of our sixth graders and the the families in our church specifically to know that your kids are in really good hands when they go into confirmation. And so I can say that because one, I've known you for 20 years <laughs> 20 now, years, right? uh, but also my son this year is in sixth grade. And so we get to benef- benefit from that. Uh, directly. <clears throat> but you dealt with the divinity and the humanity of Jesus and confirmation. We have already not gotten to that yet. Really? We're in the church section, as I call it now. So we've dealt with the history of the church. We're kind of in the structure of the church quadrant of what we do. Yeah. Our theology will come next. Yeah. Oh, the big and the, the, yeah. the, Yep. November 7th will be, I guess, Will yeah. will have been so. Our, for those of you uh, don't know, we record this sorry. ahead of time. Yeah, we do. Uh, so, so we will at the time that this is released. Yep, we will be smack dab in the middle of that, and we'll probably have covered it. So, when we talk about who is Jesus and the divinity of Jesus, uh, and how we read Scripture in relation to that, um, for the parents out there, how do we have those conversations with our kids when, you know, because these are really approachable scriptures in this section right here yeah. that, that we're reading this week. Like I said at the beginning, you've probably already read most of these because they're very approachable, very easy to digest. Uh, not to say that they're not challenging, but... But Jesus is not telling us to pick up to come to him, die and and submit and die to uh, the way that he calls it. To die to ourselves and submit our lives right. to his uh, way of walking. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit more abstract and hard to deal with. Right. Um, I think the best way to approach this with kids is just the story of of us, which is what you have in the Old Testament, right? I mean, it is it is the story of humanity and of of God's people, and um, the uh, where to, the point that they have some level of context for what comes before who Jesus is, mm-hmm. um, and then when we get to Jesus showing up in the in the story of of God and His people. Um, they have some 
idea of uh, of how that fits into the overall picture because they have a little bit of a foundation from the other. Mm-hmm. We started with our kids with the Jesus Storybook Bible. Oh yeah, Sadie's been reading that. I, I, that is, I think that's the 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 most phenomenal resource for parents to read with their kids. Man, I wish the I had art's that when fantastic. I was yeah, I do too. Like uh, the art in there is fantastic. It's it's really engaging for the kids. A lot of bright colors, but but the story of God mm-hmm. and his people. Yeah. And you know what? We've got to figure out a way to save these yahoos mm-hmm. because they keep being dumb. And <laughs> I can't imagine humanity being dumb. Can you? Uh, and 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 so um, and so Jesus shows up yeah. as as the Savior and um, the one to restore us into right relationship with God. And I mean, even to the point that, like, when we're doing prayers at night with the kids, uh, I mean, not every time, but I, you know, we will. I will. Um, pray through, you know, thank you, God, that you have redeemed us from sin and death, mm-hmm. that you have sent, that you sent your son to show us the way, uh, to redeem us, to save us mm-hmm. from, from, from sin and death. Well, from ourselves. And, and yeah, absolutely from ourselves. Um, because we all need a reminder of that, yeah. uh, of, of the whole story and of the reason I'm going to confess a little something. Uh, I think we got our first Jesus Storybook Bible not long after we moved back here. So that's been about nine, it's a little over nine years now. Um, And I started reading it to Charlie, uh, who was then three, no, he was two and a half or so. And... I'm sitting here as a grown man who has recently accepted a position on staff at a church who, you know, I'm supposed to know this whole Jesus thing. And I'm sitting here reading the Jesus storybook Bible and I'm starting to think, this is the coolest thing I've ever read. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've read the Bible. I've read it all. And then this kid's Bible. Yep. As you're wrapping up the story of Noah. Yeah. And and it's sort of an indication of maybe how God will one day right. send a savior yeah. for the world. That there are all of these threads that reconnect together in the New Testament. That the longer I live, the more of these threads I discover and stumble upon. Of course, Doug knows about them all. But <laughs> I, I I and 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 am glad that we have him to share them and show Absolutely. Uh because this amazing tapestry of what God has done and is doing is is really beautiful yeah. and and complex and amazing. If you can find the Jesus Storybook Bible on Amazon, I'll put a link to the Amazon thing in the description. Don't worry, it's not an affiliate link or anything. We don't make any money off of this. Um, we just want you to have the tools, which is really the whole reason for this podcast to begin with, to, to give you the tools and to equip you, the listener, the viewer of how do I approach scripture? And so I think that's to me, one of the beautiful things about the, the first, it was the E100. Now the E Jesus, we're calling it, uh, here in the church office, um, that it's going to teach you and give you the tools how do I read? How do I approach this stuff? And at least up to this point, the bits and pieces have been very easy to digest uh, size-wise. Uh, 
Mm, yeah. They're going to, we're going to get some big chunks later on down the line, but stick with it. And I think uh, the conversations that we're going to have, not just here at this table, but the conversations that you're going to have with the other people who are reading this alongside you, I can't wait to see what happens. So it was really important last year that we were all doing the same thing. Yeah. And um, there was a really important dynamic that was created mm-hmm. around these conversations and questions. And even the some of the questions made it into our podcast when we did the, the Q&As. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and we will teaser. Oh, here it comes. We're going to do live Q&As in the coming weeks. So be on the lookout for that. They will be unfiltered, unedited, unprepared. We're going to get you with our questions. So go ahead and send in your questions to askgoingdeeper at gmail.com because we need to stump Doug and Becky oh, that's and Marie easy. That's easy and to Chris do. and me. So we're all going to get together. We may have to sit at the conference table uh, to get us all around it. Uh, but send your questions in to askgoingdeeper at gmail.com so that we can start including those in our Q&A sessions. Yes, we will do. I guarantee you this season we'll do at least one of them live. At least one. I'm going to be sick that day. (laughs) Can I jump in the YouTube comments section and throw questions in in real time? Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, yes, I'm going to commit myself to figuring that out. You could just have your phone sitting there logged in as a viewer and then you could just see the questions Uh coming in. So. I'm going to, I'm going to say yes. So Luke is going to jump on and he's going to gotcha. I knew Luke would, you know, figure out how to do it live for us. Okay. All right. So with that, any last comments, anything else that we want to address about this, these chunks that we have today? It's a lot of good stuff. It's, it's. The, the the how how do you encapsulate the fullness of of God manifested in the person of Jesus Christ that is uh, manifested on Earth in human form and um, as a baby like that's incredible and then you move that forward through Jesus's ministry and an eventual sacrifice yeah and then rise and then hanging out with his disciples and then ascension. It's, it's a lot who Jesus is like that. That's a huge subject area. So we're going to find out. Yes, we are. And these were faith statements of the church. And these are the statements and the theology out of which that early church lived and encountered the Roman empire and eventually overcame the Roman Empire as Christianity moves out into the world and and really transforms the world we know. And um, they come out of this, what Luke was saying, the whole story of Jesus, the God who condescended, who came down to be one of us, to know our our needs, to know our our hopes and our dreams, to be able to experience the fullness of humanity. 
And because he came down, he was exalted. So mm-hmm. um, uh, really a neat way to start our, our 20 weeks together. Yes. God choosing us over himself. Powerful stuff. Well, with that, I think we're going to bring this episode to a close. As always, you can find this podcast on your favorite podcast platform, whatever that is, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the rest of them. Overcast is my preference, personally. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I don't know if we're on Overcast. Oh, you're you're on Overcast. You're in the Apple RSS feed. Okay, so we're there. So Luke is smarter than me about all this stuff. And, you know. (laughs) It's not there. (laughs) So... Give us a review, give us a comment, like and share. I guarantee you that you know somebody who would enjoy this. So the easiest way for them to find it is for you to share it directly with them. The second easiest way for them to find it is for you to review us and give us a five-star rating and a comment so that all the algorithms out there will say, hey, this is good stuff. More people need to see it and hear it. So with that, I'm going to say see you next time. Thanks to Luke again for joining us. Thank you, I hope to have you back later on in the the season. Oh, my gosh. Okay, maybe so. Maybe so. And thank you, Doug, for your wise guidance through these passages. (laughs) Next week, we're going to be talking about sin and the fact that it's sin that causes us to need a Savior. So stay tuned. Look out for next week, and we'll be back with more Going Deeper podcast. We'll see y'all next time. Thanks for listening.